This podcast is brought to you by Sales Fuel Hire, a platform to help companies hire smarter and flag 13 toxic employee types. Measure job fit, sales tendencies and motivators, decision-making abilities and empathy levels, and make your next hire your best hire. Try it now on salesfuel.com slash hire and use promo code MANAGESMARTER for $50 off your first purchase. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. Uh, we have got a topic for you today. Come in, come in. I'm Audrey Strong, Vice President of Communications here at Sales Fuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I'm the President and CEO of Sales Fuel. And this is a topic we've got some personal experience with, but I think everybody does. I think everybody does. So obviously, um, the topic, which the umbrella is, gee, maybe if I'm going to hire you, you don't want me to go to your Instagram and see you topless chugging a beer like on a beach somewhere. That is a super obvious case study for what not to do with your social media in the professional setting and what HR is looking for. But there's way more subtle things that you shouldn't also be doing, right? We're going to talk about that today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are some of those things? Welcome to our microphones, Bianca Lager. She's got all the answers. Hi, Bianca. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you guys so much. So you are the business manager consultant and you are a public speaker. Your specialties include organizational development, career growth, and online reputation management. You are the president of Social Intelligence. I love that company name. Yeah, it great does name. everything about this. It's a, a consumer one. reporting agency focused on online risk for human resources. So number one mistake would be what? And what are some of the other more subtle things you shouldn't be posting that might not be so Actually, Audrey, let me nuance that a little bit. It's like, what's the number one mistake that job candidates make, the employee makes, and what's Mm. the number one mistake that employers make? Good, good distinction there, Lee. Yes. Um, Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. And from the job candidates perspective, I would say that uh, there's a couple things going on. It really all goes back to, well, what does, what does your boss care about, right? Now, one of the issues at large out here goes back to what Lee's saying, what about an employer's mistake? It sort of starts there. And I would say the number one thing is when you're trying to do this yourself, you know, when you're Googling your employee, when you're trying to pull up their Facebook and, and whatever uh, it is that they're looking at, um, problematic mainly for the obvious reasons of what are you looking at? You know, do you, are you, do you have the right Lee Smith? You know, uh, do you, do you know uh, that that this is the correct person? And also what kind of criteria are you uh, using to assess this individual in, in whatever way? I had a recruiter tell me once, well, I just see if they take too many um, selfies or pictures of food and, and I don't, if I don't like it, then I won't move them on. It's like, oh, wow. I didn't know that that was a job qualification. Um, <laughs> you know, it, but you know, we're human, there's bias there. So there's, the bias is, you know, all sorts of levels there from innocuous that, you know, still matters and uh, stuff that is protected class information that matters, you know, significantly. So um, there's that. And that really goes back to the job candidate thing, because I don't really think that um, there should be necessarily a fear that people have of, uh, oh, you know, look out, somebody's watching over this stuff. My my mantra in terms of people say, well, what's your number one advice? Be kind online, right? If you're if you're treating other people with respect, 
then you don't have a problem. Um, generally speaking right now, you know, is it unfair if your boss looks at your social media because they can judge you on all those other things? Certainly. And so that's one of the reasons social intelligence came to market is to say, Hey, you know, there's gotta be a better way to do this. Number one, you know, the, all that unfairness stuff, but also just, you know, what are you doing? Are you the Facebook expert? Are you, you know, do you know what you're looking at? Do you know how to do this to scale, to do this, uh, you know, in a process that is cost efficient, that, you know, you're formalizing it properly, and then you're actually getting information that you can use and that is relevant towards your business decisions. And that's, that's the biggest uh, hurdle and the sort of the value prop of social intelligence. And so from a candidate's perspective, when those things are happening and you have a formalized process, there's less to worry about because you do understand exactly what's happening you know that this background screen is happening. You know what criteria is being um, looked at. And, you know, frankly, the stuff that, you know, uh, employers are worried about is the extreme stuff. It's stuff like violence. It's stuff like racism. It's stuff like that uh, is going to be, I mean, there's a lot of detail that goes into that. But, um, but again, you go back to being respectful online. Generally, you're not going to have I think it's important then to have that process and it's that it's formal documented to be even better because you may need to actually explain that process. Like, so that if you're, you're, you know, you're, you're going through someone's social media, whatever, and okay, they're a transvestite and they don't get the job. It's like, Oh, I didn't get yeah. the job because it's like, you found out I'm a trans. No, no, that's actually, it's because, you know, you take too many selfies and too many pictures of food, but yeah, I mean. sure. Or something actually that matters, like you, threaten, you threaten somebody online. Yeah. Or yeah. you were using drugs or something that is against one of our policies. So yes, exactly. Having that documentation helps an employer's position in make, taking action and documenting that stuff. We all know how, um, you know, difficult and sensitive and, and unique and, and, you know, every case is different. Every situation causes needs delicacy. And then from a candidate's perspective to understand what those policies are so that, you know, when you're not doing something right, potentially it's not going to cost you the job. But what we see a lot is uh, these types of things being used in diversity inclusion initiatives for teachable moments. Mm. Did you know that joke was offensive? <laughs> Did you know that <laughs> potentially yeah. that could, you know, uh, violate this policy and we have a such and such policy and that this is sort of getting into that area, you know, let's talk about it. So we see a lot of those opportunities happening as well. Do uh, So I, this has probably been litigated to death in, in the court system with internet law, but I mean, <clears throat> I guess if I say I'm a job candidate and your HR or one of your clients and and I say, you know what, I, all my personal social media is locked down fully. Yeah. And if you're not on my friends list, you don't see anything. And I don't yeah. want you to, I don't consent to let you in under the hood and look at it. And it's yeah, going to stay that way. Are, is it okay for, if a job candidate does that, what's your view? You should proceed anyway, then? Yeah, or? certainly. Um, that's, you're entitled to that. Right. And, 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 um, platforms do a lot of work to, um, give you the power to be able to do things like that. And, and that's another piece of advice to give people too. If you're overly concerned, you can look at your privacy settings and, and, and take some uh, action there. I think it's complicated though. I think that uh, what we find with our data is that about uh, every subject that we run, we find on average four to six online identifiable platforms that they're on. Now this can range from Facebook, Twitter, to a blog, to your Amazon wish list, to all sorts of places where there's 
so there's a social sharing aspect or or you know um, media or something that where we can say yes this is the correct um, person and that's a part of the process too being a consumer reporting agency we have accuracy standards that we have to live up to to whereas you know your hiring manager or your your co your potential coworker sure. just kind of googling you might not you know find the right person um, so. So once, um, you know, once those things are done, you know, we do find that um, only 1% of the time is there a complete lockdown or we, or we can't, we can't actually identify somebody online, right? Like there's just no online footprint. There's just nothing. So it doesn't happen too often. Um, sometimes when that does happen, it's actually because we just didn't get enough information about the person, you know, um, we just, the, the, the resume that was supplied or whatever to us just didn't have enough information on there. Um, so there's that, but I would say that, um, people thinking, we, we think about behaviors on social media a lot. Um, we kind of consider ourselves little pseudo sociologists in some ways and thinking about behavior on social media. What is the intention behind what people are doing? Why are people using of different sorts of platforms? There's different intentions behind what they're doing. Some people, and especially LinkedIn, this is a really common thing. You, you actually have that be very public. You're, you're trying to gain followers, gain influence. Um, that has a variety of, of privacy settings to where some parts of your profile are private, but some other things, pieces of content that you put out there, you make the choice of who sees it. Same thing. That's the same thing with Facebook, Instagram, Twitter are on or off. Right. So, so that's a very simplified thing. And those are pretty straightforward, but, um, but it's complicated essentially. And, and why you're using social media and what your goals are, um, whether it be professional or whether it be sort of shock value and, you know, uh, narcissism, frankly. So, uh, mm -hmm. so there's a variety of, of reasons why people have different settings. And um, if you're sort of in that space of, of wanting to keep a very responsible online profile, number one, you know, respect other people online, even in private chats and, uh, also, um, yeah, take be, have care with your privacy settings, I would say. So I have two thoughts on that. The first thought is, is that when you're in sales, uh, mm -hmm. a salesperson is being researched by a prospect by 57% of mm -hmm. them before that prospect will, will take a meeting yep. with the salesperson. If they can't find you, if they can't find you on LinkedIn or something like that, that raises a little bit of suspicion you know, in that regard. Mm -hmm. In fact, okay, how can I can't find you anywhere. Who is this person or whatever? Is this person really who they say they are? Yeah. Yes. So that, that raises a little bit of a red flag there. Wouldn't you think? Yes. And that's a, that's a really good point because I think client facing roles, this is where sometimes pressure comes on to companies, right? So let's play that scenario out and you do find the salesperson and oh my goodness, they treated that. Um, there is this outside pressure that's very unique. You know, anytime you do a background screen and we operate within the background screening world. So these um, social media background screens go in line with criminal background checks and all those kinds of stuff. It, it, that's where it happens in the process. All the same compliance stuff applies. So, um, you know, basically when you think about it, having uh, a background check being done is about risk. You know, you're trying to assess safety and negligence and all this kind of stuff. 
But with social media, there is this element of public pressure and that idea of, are you living up to your standards? You hired that guy. I Googled him and found this so quick. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how did you not, you know, do that? So, to, you know, to that same point, Lee, I think that like, yes, client facers do sort of have to have a sort of professional representation that is public. And um, there's a variety of reasons your role might require that. All the more reason why at every level of the organization, these things can be exposed really quickly and easily. And I think that that's a pretty, you know, I think any listener who's you know, been involved, been a, been a boss, been even involved in work. You know, one of the things I say all the time that I heard from a client is it happened online and ended up in the workplace or it started in the workplace and ended up online. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's, it's involved, like it's happening it's, and it's here. Everyone has cameras and everyone has the ability to take a screenshot. So if you think yep. you're having a private conversation, if someone mm-hmm. finds it offensive or whatever, all of a sudden it become unprivate pretty soon. Pretty yeah. Yeah. And at work too. I mean, obviously all this stuff kind of bleeds in there. And, and so, um, yeah. And, and clients that are Googling their account reps and stuff like that, you're trying to ascertain a level of trust. Can I trust you? Mm -hmm. And so when there is some evidence out there that suggests that maybe I shouldn't, and now should I even trust this company that becomes a risk factor for companies that they have to mitigate and get out of front of. I have a question about if you're looking at hiring prospects, um, is it an immediate uh, exclusion? You're out of the pool if you have multiple profiles or are what I call a shapeshifter. Okay, today I listed myself as being in Omaha, but tomorrow I'm 2,000 miles away and I say I'm in Miami on my LinkedIn. I keep changing it. I change my last name every other day. I change my last name (laughs) or I put a, yeah, like shapeshifters. I run into a couple of those. Like running from the IRS or something. I don't (laughs) know. Just automatically those kind of things. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like we don't even move forward. That's interesting. You know, it's not, that's not a behavior that our clients have asked us to sort of track or, or take Mm. a look at, Um, you know, generally speaking, the behaviors that we focus on, and this is what social intelligence does essentially is, you know, once we identify people, then we look to see if there's uh, what we call red flag content, which is uh, intolerance, which is like racism, sexism. It's a really broad category. Um, violence, uh, potentially illegal, like drugs, theft, things like that. And then uh, sexually explicit content. So there are some general kind of like customizations and people ask for specific kind of things all the time. Um, but they don't steer too far away generally from those, you know, most people are kind of like, yep, yep, no, that's what we care about. Yeah, that's, that'll do it. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't know, I can't really speak intelligently to that, but what I do know from watching people's behaviors online is that I would say that that's hard. I would think that's a hard, um, position for an employer to, to be in as a reason to not move forward. Right. Like, what does that really say about this person? Um, you know, what, what exactly is the, is the harm or outcome? Um, they're just kind of playing around with things could, it could indicate like some sort of red flag, but another motivation that people have for social media screening is to sort of document, keep your eye on it maybe later, right? Like these are things that you're like, Hmm, you know, maybe I'll, I'll keep my eye on. If you're the employer and you choose another candidate, do you admit to that candidate or whatever, that it was something that you found about them online or not? Yeah. So when you're having, that's another issue that comes up too, when you're kind of doing the do it yourself way, you know, 
how do you really have that conversation? Are you really able to address some of these things? And um, the the problem with that is that there is uh, a, an issue to being exposed to your example, like you said earlier, you know, a protected class status, something mm-hmm. that is certainly not able to um, to be imposed in a hiring decision. So in a formalized process, it's just like another kind of background screen to where you, there's a, uh, there's a step called adverse action. And so if you're an HR folks, you know, these, these terms really well, and you, you have to send people a letter to say, Hey, your consumer report came back. Um, you know, some stuff on there that we think makes you not a fit. So, and you have a certain amount of time to dispute it. So that's also another part of this too, right? In your example saying, you know, we found some stuff, I'm not going to move forward. Do I tell them or not? Are you sure? You know, is it is it really that person? Is it correct? Did you do you ha- give that person an opportunity to explain or dispute it in any way? So you, you know, how confident can you be in that information and to understand what information that is? And um, is this really an opportunity to uh, not just deny somebody a job, but you know, obviously to avoid risk, but but. Uh, are you sure that that risk assessment is is done properly? I think, you know, is really the point. And yeah, so, you know, in the formalized process, we see this all the time is that they will get the report and it's not necessarily an automatic no or an automatic you're fired or anything like that. A lot of times this is a conversation you have first and to mm-hmm. say, so we saw this tweet <laughs> and <laughs> we maybe you talk. weren't aware so trolling is a behavior. You also have an item here to talk a little bit about hate speech, similar to pornography. The U.S. Yeah. Supreme Court saying pornography is what my local community says it is. Yes. Is there yes. is there a national HR hate speech standard? What's the line? Currently, that's a, what's the line? That's a great question and one we have uh, debated internally in social intelligence quite a bit. <laughs> You know, what what we've never wanted and intended to be is the Internet police. And especially when it comes to hate speech of what is okay to say online and what is not. Right. Um, It's all the more been highlighted over this past year. Um, You know, interestingly enough, we a couple months ago or earlier this year, obviously, we set out our annual trends report and we kind of looked at data in 2020. And I kind of personally thought the hate speech thing would be like climbing off the charts that we, we, but we actually found that the violence category rose higher. And a lot of it was people threatening each other um, online or threatening other folks. And so there's anger, obviously people are emotional online. And so that factors into this, right? Um, Innuendo, sarcasm, all this kind of stuff. So when it comes to hate speech specifically, what we've done and specifically over the past two years that we've worked on this, um, and we went very deep last year, but um, what we have now is called the social intelligence intolerance database is what we call it. And essentially what we do is categorize um, hate uh, groups or terrorist groups, symbols, um, terms, um, any type of uh, slang, things that are associated with hate groups that have been defined by uh, credible outside sources. So um, there's a variety of sources in there, things like the FBI, um, things like um, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center and and, uh, the Anti-Defamation League. And 
a couple other sources that we try to pull from as much as possible with whatever public information is out there. And so when we are flagging hate speech and say, you know, this is potentially, and, you know, obviously legal disclaimer here, we're, we're saying everything is potential. You know, we're, we're definitely giving people the opportunity to dispute it and, and everything, but we're saying, hey, this is potentially uh, a red flag. Um, this is why, this is the definition that we have. Here's the source, right? Who says that this could be problematic or whatever it is. So, you know, we're really trying to remove our own judgment on it and coming back to, does this match up with the criteria um, that we've defined? Makes because sense. it's very messy and it's intense. I mean, you're talking like 380 something groups and you know, 400 terms. And I mean, it's a lot of information. And so we obviously use technology and then a series of human review process to make sure that those things the, are accurate. The level of tolerance for diverse points of view uh, in social media, I, I believe is probably what's been taking the biggest hit over the mm -hmm. past year, two years, four years, however far back you want to go. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing people doxing each other. I'm seeing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you disagree with somebody on a, on a, on a, political, you know, bill or something like that, you get banished and blocked and then all their friends block you and mm -hmm. everything like that. It hasn't happened to me, but it's like, you know, <laughs> I, I have friends where it's happened to and uh, both sides, by the way. Uh, yep. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's intense. What do you do for your weird clients? Place. Well, so and this is going to be my life. We're almost out of time. But my last, my last question is, so this cultural divide we're in, <clears throat> What are you doing for your clients looking at current employees or prospective employees where you go into their social, right? And let's say they're not super woke and they <laughs> misuse a pronoun, which yeah. a woke person views as violence. Misgendering is violent. That's an act of violence. And the person's just like, are you kidding me? Like, I just use yeah. Are you taking that type of a gap into consideration and applying that toward these candidates or is that just too far gone? And yeah, so we actually learn a lot from how other platforms um, deal with this kind of behavior okay. because they do have policies that say this is abuse. This is an abuse. This, you know, because these categories that I'm talking about, depending on the level of severity, sometimes those are violations of even the platforms use. Right. So, yeah. um, and, and things, it's hard for them to catch everything, but you know, what we've learned from, uh, what the way that some of the platforms look at it, especially like misgendering, for example, um, they take a look at uh, a habitual, like a habit and of okay. uh, how abusive it is and threatening towards a person, right? So if there is a situation where they are calling somebody out in a very specific way and making this clearly an indication of, of abusing this person and trying to, to threaten this person, likely it would probably fall more into a violent category if it was, if it was, mm. uh, it really depends on, I mean, there's so many nuances, right? Like human language is complicated. So it really it's would depend G on now, right? Is that how you pronounce it? XE is a pronoun G. Right. And so, I mean, I think, I think those aren't the types of things that necessarily are, um, you know, an unintentional slips or, or, or sort of saying things that aren't um, exactly correct, aren't things that employers are even super concerned about. Because to your point, I mean, that can happen. Somebody in the comments down the line can say, hey, actually, you know, it's, it's, it's they, them or, or whatever it is. And so 
um, somebody might go, oops, sorry. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, you know, or maybe they won't comment on it, but maybe that's what they think. So it's very difficult unless there's actually a, a repeated pattern and um, it, le- it lends itself towards abuse towards a particular individual. Makes sense. Employers like to hire human beings. So if yeah. there's like, if you can make one slip up on social media and feel and get disqualified for it, you're probably better off for it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's not generally what our clients are doing to you. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, they work very hard with us to be like, okay, I never going to care about this. Like sports trash talking, right? Like I'm going to kill, we're going to kill the Patriots this weekend here or something like that. Like you don't care about that. right? Like, you know, that's not the point. So, you know, Might even get you the job in some parts of the country. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah, Boston or, or not Boston. Yeah, Boston's uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, exactly. It, it it's, it's they're they're like don't send me stuff like this you know like it's it's yeah. it's it's trying to whittle it down um and what we do work very hard at is to make sure that we're putting context and timestamps on it so we say when this is was it a reshare was it an original post was it something you you liked or followed um putting it into context and then indicating whether this is a pattern of behavior or whether this was a needle and haystack one-off kind of thing mm-hmm. situation. It's very important to, to, to say that. So just because something comes up in the report, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be an issue. Well, well my last question, mm-hmm. I want to tell you that my company sales fuel has a yeah. survey in the field right now, a voice of the buyer where we survey, we we do this every couple of years. We survey small business owners and purchasing agents at larger companies. Yeah. And one of the questions that we ask is what information found online would keep you from taking a call or meeting with a salesperson? Mm. I'm just going to read to you what some of the top answers are or whatever. I just want to see your reaction to some of these. Juicy. Okay. <laughs> and feel yeah. free to comment wherever. Uh, the number one thing, illegal drug use. Yes. Uh, any other criminal activity beyond speeding and parking tickets? Yes. Usually, I mean, criminal activity and this kind of legal thing is usually the number one thing people are worried about. Yeah, I bet. Currently being employed by a disreputable company. That's it. So it's like, you know, you can be tarnished oh. by the company. If your company does something or your CEO of the company that you work for does something, guess what? It rubs off on you. Sure. I think there's also like uh, probably industry standards for that. So that's sure. pretty specific. <laughs> I was surprised this one was this high. Uh, drunkenness. Public, you know, public, public intoxication. Yeah. You know, from our experience, you know, most of our clients, that isn't a super top concern. I, that's interesting. Yeah. I think that, that it comes but out. Again, keep um, in mind, this is not employers. This is, this is right. clients' views of. Client. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Has no, has no demonstrable expertise in helping my type of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh-huh. you get into insulting, trolling, or disrespecting another person online. Yeah. And yeah. then the, the, the last one of the, of the big ones anyway, LinkedIn profiles shows that they change jobs every one to two years. Interesting, right? I mean, there's people, you know, who do I want to work with? Who's going to be, you know, someone that I, I, they're trying to find trust. All those things are indications of should I trust this person or not? And sometimes they're very unique and individual. I think there's a little uh, bias that could be, you know, explained there as well, just with own people's views on alcohol or, you know, things like that. It's, it's, it's really interesting. So I think, um, I think people, we're all so unique and we're also, uh, bring to the table a certain mindset of what we think is acceptable or not. And yeah, I mean, I think one of the great things that stands out right there is, you know, respect, 
probably all of those things that you listed out have an element that people are perceiving as a lack of respect, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or, or that's a good umbrella. Yeah. Maybe it's for the law or maybe it's for the the public well-being or for the company or for more, more importantly, most importantly, the client. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's a really interesting and juicy survey, I think, because that's, (laughs) uh, that it's so true. and, And it's probably not something I even talk about enough, but you know, I Google, yeah, whenever I'm, um, I mean, I get prospected quite a bit, but whenever, you know, I'm going to be working with, with someone, I'm like, all right, you know, let me, how much of this is driven by fear? Um, I think, I don't know. I'm sort of an ever optimistic person. So I actually think, and this is my personal view is that most people are trying to trust people. Right. So we're, we're actually trying, we're like, oh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm sure we're just going to see puppies and vacation photos here. You know, we're, we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to get it. And we're trying to, to know if we're going to have chemistry or like we're, we have anything in common. So I think for the most part, the intention is generally probably starts good. Um, but I don't know. I, I also like, that's just my sunny side up perspective. And so maybe there's, there's folks going out there and we're like, I'm going to find you. And then down the rabbit hole we go. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm going to go sideways it. like <laughs> fast. <laughs> this is one big, massive minefield. And I am so grateful you took the time to be with us today. And obviously everybody needs uh, a social intelligence in their life. So guys, socialintel.com is the website for Bianca and her team. You, uh, if you're feeling a, a sense of panic after this interview, you need to call her and get, <laughs> get on the client roster. <laughs> yeah. Or the, the anxiety selling, you know, we're always like, well, you know, <laughs> this is great stuff. Thank you yeah. so much. It's really a yeah. pleasure. Thank you guys. Thank you, Audrey and, and Lee. I really appreciate being on here guys. And what a fun conversation. So thanks. Appreciate it a lot. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.